up, everybody? It's Chad. I'm back again with another episode of Ask Chad Grassy Logic. And speaking of, um, October 26th is going to be the last episode of this season one. We're going to be close to 40 episodes. Um, holidays are coming, and we'll pick it right back up um, sometime in January or whatever. And we'll have new content, new guests, and everything. So um, only a couple more episodes left for this season. And then uh, we'll call it quits for holidays, and we'll call it back again. So um, season two. It will be coming soon. And as you guys notice, I have a new guest with me in person today. Um, welcome with, to my friend, Mercedes. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, she works for Cinder. And speaking of, we'll just go ahead and start talking about Cinder. Cinder is a cannabis company. And actually, I will let you tell us who Cinder is. <laughs> so Cinder started in uh, Spokane, Washington. Okay. And um, we have three stores up there. Mm-hmm. About a year ago, they came down into New Mexico and they opened a store in Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking at opening a store here in Cruces. Oh, cool. So um, we don't have an official opening date yet, but we're looking somewhere between like 30 to 45 days. Okay. Um, so y'all can uh, keep an eye out for us. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I met you at the um, event that last week on Friday, you know, the, mm -hmm. the cannabis market pretty much is what we had here in Cruces. That was pretty cool. And uh, it was cool to, you know, touch you there. You know, you're really, uh, to touch up there, excuse me. Uh, to, yeah, yeah, I was like, whoa! Um, yeah, to, to, you know, touch base and everything there, you know, what's going on. And, you know, to meet you and to kind of see what you're about. You know, you're really passionate about cannabis and the industry. And, you know, you kind of just showed up out of nowhere because, you know, we're, you're from Texas, right? Yeah, so I've actually only been here about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, it had been like a week. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, yeah, it was about a week when I met you. Yeah. Um, I came here for Cinder, and they hired me as the general manager for the new store here in Cruces. So yeah. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Really excited to be uh, opening the store and getting in the cannabis industry. Awesome. Hey, I am too. You know, I'm excited to see what you guys are, you know, um, going to bring to the table and everything. And speaking of, you know, <clears throat> what's your guys' plan really for doing something for the community, like the local community and everything? So um, as of right now, obviously we don't have like a concrete plan just because we're not open yet. But we do plan on um, doing something with the community. I know we do a lot of, uh, up in Albuquerque, they do a lot with, I think, homeless. They'll, like, do, um, they'll gather products for homeless and mm -hmm. hand them out. And then I know down here we were talking about maybe doing st more stuff with patients. Okay. Um, Some advocacy work. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. always nice to see when... Uh, Companies especially want to jump in and you know work with the advocacy because it's really hard to get people to advocate, especially here in New Mexico. Um, so it's great to see that you know a, a company coming from out of state is willing to do that too. And you know they understand that when you come into somewhere new, especially like New Mexico, you know because we don't like outsiders, um, you're going to have to really work to get into the community. You know, and so yeah. I, you guys understand that, so that's great. Um, and working with the community is one way to do that. So it's great to see, and you guys are willing to support. New Mexico and everything, so that's cool. And where do you know where the location is going to be at? Yes, yeah, so we're going to be on Sonoma Drive. Um, right, there's a strip center right next to Popeyes. Yes. So we're going to be right in that strip center. Okay, so you guys are going to be a little bit up more into town. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So there's yeah. really not many places up that way, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm yeah. really excited to try to be one of the first ones over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you guys too because you know that's somewhere that um, in town that's really underserved. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so clustered in other parts of town, even like on Loman, you know, there's a bunch on Loman, there's a bunch on Valley, there's a bunch right here, you know, right in front of the radio station, really, where we're recording. Um, I think there's like three within like a couple hundred feet. <laughs> so 
Um, it's a little it's oversaturated right yeah. now, and we all know that. You know, that's a kick in a dead horse at that point. Well, that's so, something that a lot of people told me on Friday night, too, yeah. is just like, hey, we live right there. So they were really excited about that, that's about cool. having one on that side of town. No, definitely, because I, I thought about that. You know, and there's people who have lived over there for many years, and I'm like, well, now things are kind of like going up there store-wise, you know, restaurant-wise. There should be some dispensaries. So I'm glad you guys are kind of filling that void. You know, you know, is really what I'm saying. So that's great. Um, where can people really find Cinder? You know, right now, I know you guys don't really have any product out here or anything, so there's really not much to like really touch base on that. But where can they find you guys online, website, social media? So we do have a website. Mm -hmm. um, you can just Google Cinder Can Cannabis and you'll yeah. find it. Um, and then we also have a Instagram page, and it's mm -hmm. Cinder.lc. Okay. That is our Las Cruces Instagram page, mm. and through that page, we're going to be making announcements as far as um, grand opening stuff like that. Okay, cool. So yeah. pay attention to the Instagram more or less. Yeah. That's probably that's what I try to tell people with uh, this podcast and everything is like pay attention to some of my socials because I will put information out or changes or something. And you know, if you just try to watch the show, sometimes you're not going to get everything. Um, and you know, my show is once a week, and you know, things happen every day. Yeah, <laughs> so, true. you know, there's times where I'm like, hey, this is happening. I might talk about it next week, but it's happening this week. Um, so it's cool that you guys are doing that. And you're going to keep you know, everyone up to date what's going on. So that's great. And, you know, and you said about 30, 40 days you guys are probably looking about. That's the goal. I mean, hey, maybe maybe we'll get lucky and it'll happen sooner. Uh, yeah. But about 30 to 45 days. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's great. I'm, I can't wait to have you back on once you guys are open and running. Um, and the reason why I have her here today is for the special part of the episode. And as you guys see the title, Save the Boobies, um, it's for a particular reason. So we will move on to the next um, part of the episode. And um, we will bring Cinder Cannabis on once you guys are operating. So thank oh. you for talking about that. So we're going to talk about breast cancer now, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I really don't want to, like, talk for you. I really want you to, you know, introduce yourself fully now and let everybody know your story and everything. So go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you for, um, first, I just want to thank you too, for allowing me on this platform to talk about this subject, raise a little bit of awareness and support for the community. I know it's, um, not an easy thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, but I am a pretty open person, so I'm always yeah. willing to, I'm always willing to share. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do want to kind of give a full disclaimer. I am, um, I am not a doctor or medical professional of any kind. These are just my experiences as a regular person. And I do understand that everybody's experiences are different. And if I don't communicate something, maybe in a way that, in the best way, I, I mean no offense by it. I, I, that is not my intent. I just want to share my experiences in hopes to help somebody else. Definitely. Um, so... My, uh, so my journey kind of started back in 2019. My mother was diagnosed with cancer and, um, right away she had surgery and she was diagnosed with stage three. Um, it took a little bit of time. I, I, I never realized it, but it took some time to figure out like which stage it was. It yeah. actually took a couple weeks. Um, but it was stage three. So after that diagnosis, her doctor, she had a really awesome doctor and he was very adamant mm -hmm. on doing genetic testing because okay. he wanted to know what he was working with and know what he was dealing with for the best way to treat her. Mm -hmm. 
So um, through that genetic testing, we found out that she was BRCA positive. And a lot of, some people it, call it the breast cancer gene. Well, um, could you, for the guests, you yes. know, explain what, the, what that means? Yeah, so uh, BRCA, we call it BRCA. It's, um, it's, it is a gene that, it's a genetic mutation that puts you at higher risk for breast cancer as well as other cancers. There's about one in 500 women who carry this gene. That's the current statistic. Um, I believe I got that off of the CDC's website last night. I wanted to make sure that I have like the most <laughs> yeah. accurate information. And that's according to CCD. So, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so th with this genetic mutation, a woman will have about a 45 to an 85% chance of developing breast cancer throughout her lifetime. The older she gets, the higher that risk gets. Mm -hmm. um, with that gene as well, it makes it harder for your body to fight off the tumors. Got it. Okay. And it, it almost makes your body like a friendly host for them, mm -hmm. and they just kind of spread like wildfire. Okay. Um, so it's, 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 it's definitely a scary thing um, when you have that gene. So because with that gene... You have a 50% chance of passing it on to your offspring. Mm -hmm. So her doctor suggested that all of her offspring get tested. Um, at the time, you know, we're dealing with mom going through chemo and all that stuff. I'm sure anybody listening who has dealt with anybody going through cancer and dealing dealt with chemo, they know how involved it is. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I didn't get tested right away because I just didn't, I was focused on other things, like didn't quite see the importance yet. Mm -hmm. um, she did end up going into remission by the end of 2019. So in 2020, it was January 2020, because I, I actually have a sister who I'm very fortunate because she happens to be a uh, healthcare professional at a breast cancer facility. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and she like you know she she might know a thing or two. Don't tell her I said that because I'm always picking on her. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite. She might know her shit, but you know <laughs> she might know a thing or two. Um, but she was on me, and she was just like, "You need to get tested. You need to get tested." And she did not let up. And I'm grateful that she didn't let up because I finally gave in and I went and got the test. Um, so you could do the test uh, one of two ways. You can either do a blood test mm -hmm. or you can spit in a little tube. <laughs> so which one did you do? I spit in the tube. Okay. I don't like needles. <laughs> I, don't like needles. Yeah, I yeah. spit in a tube. Um, anyways, it took a few weeks, mm -hmm. but the test came back and it came back positive. Um, Unfortunately. Yes. That was a rough pill for me to swallow mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you're not invincible anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that was in February of 20 that I found okay. that out. And we all know what happened in March of 20. Yeah, yeah. yeah Everything no need to say shut that. down. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I couldn't go meet with the genetic counselor who did my testing. I wasn't able to meet with her. Um, you know, I wasn't able to get out in the community and find other women who were dealing with either a, uh, either cancer or even just like a genetic, um, mutation like I was mm -hmm. and I've really felt like 
I wanted to find somebody who was around my age who had had to make some of these tough decisions. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I was kind of in the dark for, I would say about a year. Mm-hmm. I was kind of in the dark. And then in March of 21. Okay. So like a year later. Yeah. It was a year <laughs> later. Yeah. I finally got to go see my genetic counselor mm-hmm. and there were a lot of scans, blood work, um, you know, for anybody that's listening, if you've ever had a breast MRI, like, you know how uncomfortable that is. Uh, it sucks. Like, scanxiety is a real thing, right? Yeah. Um, so that was in March of 2021. Everything came back good. And um, I actually, at the time, I had a buddy. And he had convinced me to go volunteer at this beer festival (laughs) all right (laughs) well so the beer festival was like it was benefiting a local breast cancer foundation okay and so we thought well if we go maybe we can meet some women there and maybe i can connect with some of them so that was like the whole idea behind it so i went to this beer festival i was serving beers um Okay, nice. <laughs> but I was able to meet the founder of that charity organization. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. so I was able to meet her. Uh, at the time, she was in her early 40s, and she had been battling breast cancer for eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah, she had been battling it for eight years, and she happened to be BRCA positive as well. Oh, wow. Okay, so, there you go. <laughs> like, the emotions that I had when I met her, like, I just couldn't help but cry. Um, she immediately just she wasn't shy she immediately pulled out her phone and started showing me pictures of you know just what all her surgeries and what she had been through and and she didn't leave anything out yeah you know she she wanted to show me that i didn't have anything to worry about like hey here's what it's gonna look like and that was actually really huge because it's kind of you don't know. It's that unknown. So she was able to answer some of those questions for me. Mm. Um, but uh, so from there, you know, we'd had a lot of conversations, a lot of uh, text messages, FaceTime calls, regular phone calls. Um, I think we met up a few times also. And she was always very supportive of whatever I decided. Yeah. Because she made it clear that there is no right or wrong decision and that it was only my decision to make. Nice. Nobody else's. Yeah. Nobody else's vote mattered. Yeah. Only mine. True. Um, so it was in August of 21 mm-hmm. that I decided to go, aha- go ahead and have a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction. Can you explain that for me and for yes. the audience? <laughs> so that is basically a preventative, it's, it's a preventative surgery and so I had both of my breasts removed. Okay. Um, in basically to bring down my risk. Mm-hmm. And with that, my risk dropped dramatically. Okay, that's good. Um, so they just, I wanted to make this decision on my terms. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, I felt like my body was a ticking time bomb. Yeah. I've heard a lot of other BRCA-positive people say that they feel like um, their boobs were trying to kill them. 
Okay. That's that's something that is kind of said a lot. It's a new saying for killer the, boobs, but all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like that's definitely something that is said a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can even get it like on shirts and hats and stuff. Um, but I just I felt like it was a ticking time bomb, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to keep my nipples. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who who wouldn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, if I if I had a cancer diagnosis, we don't know if that would be an option. Mm-hmm. At that point, like whatever the doctors say is kind of. Yeah, yeah, and you at least have the option at yeah. that time? Okay, so. So I did go into surgery. It was a successful surgery. I came out with two nipples. Oh, good. Congratulations. So, yeah. <laughs> and not three. Yeah, I didn't add any. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so um, it was a successful surgery. Um, after that, we, um, I, I also, around that time of talking to Jen, I got involved with her foundation Mm -hmm. and I met a lot of really awesome women. I call them my breasties. Um, I mean, Uh, why not? Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) So I actually got permission from one of them to talk about her journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my friend Caitlin, she is 31. Okay. Or I'm sorry, she was 31 at the time of her diagnosis. She's, um, I believe she's 33 now. Okay. And, um, she was breastfeeding her child and she started to feel something like like a tingle in her armpit. And that's when she went to go get it checked out is when she felt that tingle. It wasn't really even in her breast area. It was in her armpit. Yeah. And um, when she did that, that's when she found out that she was, she had stage four, her two positive breast cancer. And what is that? So mean essentially. I think we all know, you know, those one, two, three, four stages. Yes. Um, so her two positive, that is another it's considered a genetic mutation. Okay. That now that genetic mutation is not a it's not something that's passed down like the BRCA gene. Mm-hmm. That one is I'm not again, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that mutation ends up in a woman's body. That to me sounds more or less like an independent mutation that happens yes. for whatever reason. I mean, our, our DNA in our body does it. It's just, it's crazy. So it just sounds like something just went whack in our body, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, they, her doctor did do genetic testing on her. And that's how she found out that she was HER2 positive. Because again, they want to know what are they dealing with? What's the best way to treat this? Um, so she, uh, she's always been really big on telling people, if you feel anything at all, Go get it checked out. Don't hesitate. Don't let them tell you that you're too young. Yeah. Whether it be for breast cancer or any kind of cancer. Don't yeah. let them tell you that mm-hmm. because cancer <clears throat> does not discriminate. No. No, not at all. I mean, it takes children out all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And... It does not discriminate. So if you feel like something isn't right, go get it checked. Awesome. Advocate for yourself because nobody is going to advocate for you like you will. Um, another thing too, is if you feel like maybe you're not satisfied with an answer or maybe you still feel unsure, go get a second opinion. Yeah. I know people that getting that second opinion saved their life. Yeah. And and you can do that pretty much with anything medical, you know, and I recommend you do that with anything medical. You know, if you have one doctor and you've been to that doctor so many years, but they're just telling you something you just 
you just think and you know in your mind just isn't right, go get a second opinion. Go get a third opinion. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, if that's the way you want to go about it, because, you know, not every doctor is going to have the same opinion, you know, and sometimes they're just trying to figure out what's wrong with you and it's their opinion until we, they do more testing, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's good that, you know, you're, you're telling people to get testing. You know, if yes. you feel something, go get it tested. Um, and if you don't feel that doctor is really being thorough, et cetera, et cetera, seek another one. Um, yes. th that's the reason why there are different doctors out there. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, in the area, we do lack um, a lot of cancer doctors and stuff like that. So some people have to end up going to Phoenix or something like that to seek treatment or seek doctors. So if that's your issue or whatever, I, I do know that there is really good doctors in Phoenix. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't opened that thing here in New Mexico yet for cancer. And hopefully we do. And hopefully that changes in the future because, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> I'm from the area that's called... Um, well, that they call the downwinders um, because of the nuclear fallout from the nuclear tests. And so where I'm from, there's a lot of cancer-ridden people. Even my aunt, she's battling cancer right now as we speak. And so, yeah, I, she's been battling it for a while. And um, I don't really talk about it a lot, but, you know, um, she is a part of downwinders. She was born in, like, 1939, so a couple of years right before they did the blast. And um, so her whole life, you know, she kind of spent exposed to that. And so... I kind of feel New Mexico is one of those places that needs something like that just for the fact that we've done so much government testing um, that we kind of need something to assist us here with that. But I, I don't want to get off the, the subject of breast no, cancer no, or anything, but, um, you know, that, that just goes and falls within it. You know, if you guys, this goes for any cancer, really, you know, but this just happens to be October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And, you know, it, women, if you're out there and they show how to do examinations online. I don't have breasts or anything. Um, Feel mom first. There you go. See, there you go. She knows. She knows all that stuff, and that's why I pointed to you. I was like, you could probably give some good tips, not me. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, I don't and, know. You know, another thing too is don't be afraid to be proactive about your health. Even if you if you don't feel anything, but you just want to know what your genetics are, go get a genetic test. Oh yeah. Um, and for, for people out there with genetic testing, what, what do they do when they genetic test? You're talking about the blood and the spit, and that's really all they do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you have any, like, if, if you have any cancers in your family that you want to go get that genetic test for, you can talk to your doctor, and they can point you in the right direction. Okay, cool. So yeah. that's kind of where I was leading to. Is, you know, and you don't have to use a needle. Oh, see, there you go. You just <laughs> spit. If, you know, if that grosses you out, too, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like probably that much. <laughs> you had to, like, fill that sucker up. Holy crap. <laughs> Uh, have something sour. <laughs> <laughs> or watch something really delicious. I don't know. That's um, hilarious. But, but yeah, you know, genetic testing, it seems like it's, it's very important. And, you know, and this is something new to me. I didn't even know that they could do that these days. Yes. Um, so I'm learning something with all of y'all out there. You know, some of you probably know this. You know, obviously cancer isn't my uh, profession. Uh, so I'm not going to know this and, you know, I'm glad that we're bringing someone on who's, who's dealt with this and everything. So that's great. Um, what other testing do you, do they really provide? Um, do you know of as far as um, like not just genetic testing, like, you know, um, is it called the mammogram when they, when they oh, test? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So stuff like so that. They can do, uh, mammograms, breast sonograms mm -hmm. or breast MRIs. Okay. Um, so depending on the age of a woman, this is what I was told by my genetic counselor. Mm. Um, depending on the age of a woman, they will pick which one to do. Okay. So generally, um, I think 30 is the cusp. So if you're below 30, they prefer to do breast MRI or sonogram. Okay. Because your breast doesn't have as much fatty tissue. Okay. And so once you have more fatty tissue, then the mammogram 
is uh, they can better see what's in there. And for the ignorant fellows out there, what is a mammogram and what entails in the mammogram? So it's basically they basically squish your boobs <laughs> and like take uh, take scans of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, now the breast MRI, that one I've I've been fortunate I haven't had to have a mammogram, mm -hmm. and I won't have to either because I I went with implants. But we can talk. We can get to that in a minute. Um, so I had to do the breast MRI, which was super uncomfortable. They have you on this table, and they have like these two holes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like so, you lay face down with your arms above your head, and you're there for like 30, 45 minutes. Oh wow! There's the holes is it like a hole like it just hangs through or is it like a yeah, yeah no it, it hangs through That's yeah funny. <laughs> you're like what is this a torture device hey, we're answering the questions <laughs> yeah yeah it's science <laughs> science it's weird sometimes <laughs> they say truth is weirder than fiction yeah. <laughs> or stranger than fiction um and that, that's that's a new one for me yeah that's that's interesting yeah. so and that's one of the other tests. Is, did you mention another one after that, or was that the last one? Uh, sonogram. Um, I don't know how common that one is. No. I've never, they've never asked me to do that one. Yeah. Um, but I know that the two big ones really are mammogram and that breast MRI. Yeah, because I've only yeah. heard, you know, um, like family members and everything, you know, talk about mammograms and passing. Yes. That's the only reason why I knew anything about it. And I was like, that sounds really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I'd rather them, you know, tell me cough, cough, you know, versus, you know, getting <laughs> something squished. That doesn't sound very fun at all. Yeah. So. They, I, I, I guess they, um, I don't know. I've, like I've said, I've never had to have a mammogram, but I guess this, the squish is real. <laughs> <laughs> the squish is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so um, it's great that, you know, we're, we're sharing this information so that way there's less taboo, yes. you know, and yeah. it should be talked about more and it should be something that comes up in conversation um, because I should, you know, as just as a person, I feel like I should know a little, know a little bit about it because I have women in my family. I have sisters, you know, mm -hmm. I have my mother, I have, you know, female cousins and, you know, they should be able to be, feel comfortable to talk about this to anybody that they care about. Absolutely. And, you know, this is, this is great because I'm learning too. And I can um, now go tell my sister, go get tested, um, you know, genetic testing to see, you know, if she has breast cancer, you know, like hopefully she doesn't. Um, yeah. But I think it'd be great because, you know, cancer does kind of happen in the family. I wouldn't say yeah. it's a genetic thing in the family, but it has happened quite a bit. So, um, so yeah. one thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, too, is mm -hmm. like life after. After cancer, or okay. after a um, preventative surgery. I feel like a lot of people kind of have this tendency to say, well, you finished your chemo, you're good. Yeah. You beat it, you're yeah. good. Yeah. But what's after that? Yeah. You know, like having that adjustment period of this is your new life. Your mm -hmm. life is different. It's, it's, it's not going to be what it was before. Um, even just with, you know, what I went through and just having that, that um, removal and reconstruction I had an adjustment period where I had to get used to, this is my new body. Mm -hmm. And I had, so I have a friend, she's one of my breasties. She's lives in Dallas now. Yeah. Um, but she had told me, she said, don't be overly critical. Cause I think that that's a common tendency is to be overly critical of your reconstructed body parts. Mm -hmm. And she would always tell me, she's like, they're sisters, not twins. Don't be overly critical. <laughs> Same with our boys, so fair enough. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of stuck with me. Um, 
but um that that transition like it's it's a real thing um I, I don't know if maybe my Googling skills just need improvement, mm-hmm. but I was not able to find any kind of like breast cancer organization or even cancer organization here in Cruces. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is one out there, I would love for y'all to reach out to me. I'd love to be able to volunteer with your organization, um, even if it is just offering emotional support to a few of y'all's warriors, because I, 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 get it. I've been there. Um, you know, I've helped other friends through it, been there for my mom through it. Um, so I would love to be able to be involved if, if there is something like that out there, Yeah. even if there's not, and you know, somebody has questions or they're just struggling with it, feel free to reach out to me. I yeah. can be found on social media. Yeah. I think you, uh, actually tagged me in it on your social media, so I should yeah. be easy to find. And I'll tag her in this post. And if you guys don't know or know how to get, um, a hold of her, uh, contact me, and then I'll shoot your information to her, vice versa, whatever, and we'll figure it out. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I second on the support group thing. You know, like in the medical cannabis world, we had like medical cannabis, you know, pages and groups and supports and stuff like that. So I think that's something great. And we talked about it before, and I'm I'm kind of thinking that maybe some of them are private groups, which you know makes sense. You know, that's something what very I private. was wondering too. Yeah. yeah. So if they're private groups, please, you know, she's, she's trying to help you guys. And I kind of feel that a lot of change um, needs to happen. And uh, I kind of feel that you're motivated enough to make that happen. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Lucky to have you. <laughs> so um, unfortunately, in uh, January of 22, my friend Jen did pass away. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and then in February of this year, my mom passed away. Oh. So. Uh, one of the, you know, being here today, again, thank you so much, because I feel like being here today, it's what they wanted. Jen was a big advocate for breast cancer awareness and support, mm-hmm. and I know that she's happy that I'm here today. Yeah. I know she is. Definitely. Um, you know, like, one. so, sorry. No, no, no. One of the last conversations that I had with my mom. Um, We were in the hospital room and we knew that she was really sick and that it was bad. The cancer had gotten, it it was causing fluid buildup in her lungs and they couldn't really drain it because it would come right back. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was having a hard time breathing, but she kept telling me and my brother, she said, I have to keep fighting. I have to find a cure. And she told me, she said, you're BRCA positive, so that way you'll know what to do and you'll have a chance. That was something that, you know, that was a conversation that we had had the last, actually, I think it was the last real conversation that I had with her. And I told her, I said, just a simple fact that I got to find out my genetics Mm -hmm. that gave me a huge leg up and I'm not you know out of respect for for her for so many other women that are battling cancer I didn't want to ignore that Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be proactive in my decisions um so I basically just told her I said I'm you know I've done what I'm doing what I need to do I'm continuing to do what I need to do I'm, I will have tough decisions to face in the future. Um, 
but I told her I was going to be okay, you yeah. know, and I just told her, it's okay, you don't have to worry about me, you've, you've given me a huge gift. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the reality of it is, nobody's getting out of here alive. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, we're all, we're on a timer. <laughs> yeah, nobody's yeah. getting out of here alive, and I feel like when we turn these negatives into positives, um, it just, it, no matter what happens, Hope wins and love wins. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, thank you for sharing that. You know, that's something um, very powerful. Um, and a lot of people could take something from that. Sorry, I'm onions somewhere in the building, I guess. Um, and for people out there who are have possibly been putting off getting tested, th this is something that can possibly change your mind. You know, um, and make you want to get tested because um, it could save your life. It could save a family member's life. You know, like just your mom finding that out and that tidbit of information, you know, saved your life, yeah. you know, and, you know, and that's, that's huge. And, you know, she, she did it. You know, and, and honestly, like, I don't think it set in for me. Um, I don't think it fully set in for me until my mom's cancer came back. Mm -hmm. And when it came back, it was just all over her body. It had, like I mentioned earlier, it spread like wildfire. Yeah. And. I think that was when I realized the seriousness of this genetic mutation with the cancer. Mm. Um, that's definitely when I realized it. And then, you know, meeting other women in the community and hearing their stories, it's, it, it was really powerful for me. Yeah. And um, it, it was definitely inspiring and it, it, I feel like it kept me on course. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, how does it... So for people who would just find out, and I guess we'll, we'll tra trace back a little bit, you know, yeah, I just, absolutely. I want to touch base on this. So after you find out, like, what are some tips you can give people, you know, mentally and physically and just, you know, all around, what are, what are the, some first things you, you could, I guess, give somebody a suggestion to do, you know? Um, so, I mean, obviously talk to your genetic counselor. Um, my genetic counselor, I love her to death. She's like, <laughs> she, she holds it down. Mm -hmm. Like she, all my, everything going on with me, she has it all. And she'll say, nope, you can't do this because you're bracket. You got to do this. Like, yeah. you know, she's just very knowledgeable. So finding a good genetic counselor is, is, uh, I would say that's very important. Um, but after, after you get a positive test, it take your time mm -hmm. and, and, Feel all the things that you need to feel. <laughs> it's okay. Like, it's yeah. okay to be sad. Like, everybody has their story. Everybody's going through stuff. Nobody's more important than somebody else's. Mm -hmm. um, but work with your genetic counselor. Lean on them. That's what I would say. Because um, what I chose to do may not be what the next woman chooses to do. Mm -hmm. um, you can do... So, my options were... I, I could either do what I did. Or I could continue to do scans and blood work. And, you know, just kind of have that risk. Yeah. Every, every six months we do blood work. So it's pretty much for the rest of your but, life you have to kind of. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's kind of like the, the downside to it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're at least keeping up with it. So yes. in case something does come along, you're, you're on it. So every uh, six months we do, they take four tubes of blood from me. Oh, wow. They can't use spit. They have to use blood. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but they check uh, they check different tumor markers, and they want to see if any of them spike. Okay. And if they spike, then they know, okay, hey, something's wrong. 
we need to see what's causing this. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So that's what that uh, every six month blood work is for. Okay. So it, it's yeah. more or less just a kind of just maintenance and make sure everything's good. Yeah. yeah that, that's good. And, you know, I'm really glad that you did take the precautions and you're pretty much your percentage of getting cancer went from like, you know, almost certain to, you know, under 10%. Yeah. Um, it, it dropped drastically. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. That, that's great to hear. Um, so for, I guess we'll, we'll speed up again after, you know, really go into that. When someone is, I guess, going through chemo or even after, you know, the, the fact or before, what are some things you can give people for tips when it comes to cannabis use and, you know, breast cancer, any cancer, but we'll, we'll keep it to breast cancer since that's breast cancer awareness month. No, absolutely. So, um, I'll mention my mom and then also my friend Caitlin. Yeah. Um, so my mom was kind of difficult. She didn't <laughs> want to use any cannabis. Yeah. Um, but after that, I think it was the second chemo treatment mm. because she had her chemo treatments every three weeks. Okay. And they were, I mean, anybody who's been through chemo, they know it's hard on the body. It's yeah. very hard on the body. And she would have a hard time. She would have a hard time sleeping because mm -hmm. she was in a lot of pain. Yeah. And then she would have a hard time eating. So it was just like this vicious cycle. She couldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't get rest. Um, so... I think it was the second chemo treatment that she was like, okay, whatever, just bring it over. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll do anything right yeah. now. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, really, that's really what it was. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she started using cannabis just to help her recover from chemo, like to manage the pain, mm -hmm. to help her sleep, to help her eat. And because of that, she was able to um, get her white blood cells back up so oh, she good. was ready for the next treatment. Yeah. Because she had a three-week window in between treatments. Oh, okay. So essentially, it helped her along with her treatment. Mm -hmm. So working side, that's great yeah. to hear. Yeah. And she like she even talked to her doctor about it. And mm -hmm. um, her doctor, I mean, obviously, like they in Texas, it's kind of tricky. Um, but her doctor was very open about it, and he said it will help you. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you. Cool. And so he he recommended that she do it mm -hmm. because he knew how hard chemo is. Yeah. And what was her source of use? Like, what did she use? Oil? Did she use flour? You know, what flour. Did she, flour. Yeah. <laughs> it's old school, Granny, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I always like to ask that question. Like, well, what's your way of use? You know, do, yeah. do you smoke it? Do you eat it? You know, what is it? So that's cool. And, now, you know, it's the fastest. For my friend Caitlin, though, she uh, preferred to eat it. Okay. Because so she said that the chemo gave her like a burnt taste in her throat. Mm -hmm. And so whenever she would smoke it, it just like um, lingered. Yeah. Made it worse. Yeah. So she didn't, she didn't like that, yeah. but she would take edibles. And then what she would do too, is she told me, um, actually know this. So a couple days ago, she just told me this. she would use RSO oil yeah. and she would put like a pea size drop on the edible and then eat it. Yeah. So that way it would just really, you know, knock her out, let her get good sleep. Um, help with their appetite, all that good stuff. And I was going to ask, you know, like, would you recommend RSO or FICO oil, um, for cannabis patients, like all cannabis patients, or maybe just kind of test it yourself? Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really want to answer that. Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure. I know everybody's different. Mm -hmm. um, my mom never used RSO oil, um, but I know my friend Caitlin did, so it's just kind of... And a lot of cancer patients do. You know, a lot of people yeah. swear by it and all that. And if you guys don't know, RSO and FICO are the, literally the same thing. Um, RSO just stands for Rick Simpson oil, and a lot of people really didn't like that term because uh, it's named after a guy. Um, so they went to the, the FICO oil, um, term and everything. So now it's kind of what the industry uses. 
um, just so you guys know, it's like, well, what, what's the difference? There's no difference at all. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, so if you are curious about that, there's a lot of um, things online about, you know, fecal RS oil, speak to your doctor um, as well. You know, someone who, you know, is educated in that piece, you know, who has a degree. Um, speaking to your doctor about it is probably your best bet. Um, so they can, you know, guide you in the right direction. There's also medical professionals in the cannabis industry who deal with people with cannabis, and, you know, and, and cancer and stuff. So they can kind of share with you. Um, I've been fortunate enough to um, be involved with those people throughout the years. And they've shared things with me throughout, you know, the years and everything, too. Um, I'm not saying come ask me questions about it. I'm just saying that there are people out there who can help you who are knowledgeable in the state even. And yeah. so um, use your resources. And, you know, that, that's, that's your best thing. And that's the best thing that you could do. So, uh, yeah, that's great. And, you know, cannabis and cancer really go hand in hand. Yeah. And that's why when, when we you brought this to, like idea to me, I was like, no, that's great, great idea. You know, like, you know, you don't have, really, we wouldn't have a medical cannabis program in the first place, especially here in New Mexico, if without cancer. You know, because the first patients that really used it in the state, and it was actually, we had a program back in the 70s. Um, yeah, we were the, actually the very first state to have a medical cannabis program dating back all the way to the 70s. Um, and it only lasted for maybe about 10 years and then it dissolved. And then the Linear and Compassionate Use Act came around 2007. Um, but yeah, the, back then, even in the, the late 70s, you know, it was for cancer. And actually, um, the governor's son, he ran for governor a few years ago. He used cannabis to fight um, his cancer back in the day. So there's a lot of history that goes on with that too. So I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. Really New Mexico though. and cancer with cannabis, there's a lot of history with it. And I so like that. That's exciting. It is, yeah. And it, it's yeah. great to have someone you know, like you here because you're so passionate about it, you know, and it brings it back to the roots. Like, okay, well, this is what it started as and this yeah. is what it's going to continue as because, you know, I, I'm really for patients and everything. And, you know, having a card or not, I think that you're more of a patient um, than some people because, you know, of what you use it for. Yeah. And, you know, post, post, I guess, cancer and everything, or, you know, post even after any kind of remission or whatever, what would you say you use um, afterwards? So I actually still to this day use it. Um, to answer that, I feel like I need to kind of explain how they did my reconstruction. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Let's, um, let's dig into that. Just to better answer <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Because, you know, like some, some people may be curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious. You know what, actually, I've gotten that question a lot. Like yeah. they want to know how how did they do it like yeah. how did they make a boob out of nothing yeah you know? yeah yeah okay like, so so educate us here yeah, yeah. So how it's made and there are different <laughs> options this okay. is just the option that i picked this okay. is the option that was best for me okay um so what they did was they i have an incision pretty much like from here to here like mm -hmm. it's a pretty long one and they just kind of like open it up and like scoop everything out right so at that point it's just skin yeah um you still have your muscle and they um if you have skin and you put an implant in there, it's kind of like putting a golf ball in a sock. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah. you have to have some kind of support for it. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they take mesh and they wrap the implant in mesh oh. and then they'll sew it into your muscle. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. So it's, it's a long recovery because like you can't, I couldn't raise my arms for like six weeks. Mm -hmm. Couldn't lift anything. Um, cause you have to let that mesh, like you have to let the muscle and the mesh kind of heal mm -hmm. together. Um, but because of that, I end up with a lot of pain mm -hmm. from like, sometimes I'll like tweak something or do something and I just have like a, like a muscle pain in my chest. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's pretty intense. Yeah. And so I like to use like the, um, 
the balms and like the salves and stuff like that. Um, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded weird when I said it. <laughs> um, but Sully. I like I like to use like that's what I like to use just because I can apply it directly to that area and it gives me a lot of relief. Um, I also end up with like a little bit of nerve pain. Um, just like you know, nerves are like trying to like reconnect. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll use it for that as well. Um, that's honestly my favorite thing to use. Okay, makes sense. Like I mean... it just it it brings me a lot of relief and and and. I know that it's not, um, you know, it, it allows me to kind of heal after I've hurt the muscle. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to do like stretches and exercises to kind of build it back up so it happens less. Yeah. Um, but it's, in the meantime, that really helps me. Yeah. And, you know, this goes back to something that I try to preach to everybody, especially my veterans, that you can't just use cannabis and expect yourself to get better. Yeah. You have to better yourself, exercising, yes. stretching. Um, things like that, you know, those are very important things, you know, eating right. <laughs> that's yes. another thing, you yeah, know, eating better, you know, drinking water, yeah. uh, you know, little things like that too. So don't just think that just using cannabis and rub it on yourself, you're going to get better. You know, she's doing other things on top of it yes. um, to kind of stand up to, to help along with it. Um, yeah. So that's great that you're, you're doing more than just, I'm just going to put this on here and go about my day and just deal with the pain. It's like, well, yeah. I got to do other things to, to help with it. Cause I have to do Absolutely. the same thing with like the injuries that I got in the military. You know, I have to, you know, stay pretty much light, <laughs> you know, so, so I get it hundred percent. I was actually told, um, to try to keep, you know, keep your weight down Yeah. just with the, the risks that yeah. I have. hundred percent. Um, so that was, you know, that was a conversation that my doctor had with me is like exercise, eating right, that sort of thing. Yeah. And your doctor will guide you on the right path of where you need to go. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what they did with you, but you just, you listened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I listen. Yeah, yeah. Every now and then you tend to listen and you know, it, it seems to help you out and everything. And yeah. did, do you have any tips from other women who, you know, what they use maybe, you know, what helps them along maybe? Um, not necessarily. It's a kind of, it was honestly like, it was kind of tough finding people that would tell me mm -hmm. like, cause I know that I know who used what, um, pretty common is flour. Just being from Texas, yeah. you don't have the options that you have here. Yeah, no, no, not at yeah. all. <laughs> so pretty common is flour. You can get edibles, oils, um, but the most common would be flour. Got it. Um, now, one thing that I did buy this week, and I'm kind of excited about trying it, is um, I bought bath salts. Like, oh, yeah. In the infused bath salts. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried them yet, though. Okay. Um, but I'm kind of excited about trying that, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, let us know how it works. You know, if yeah. that, you know, kind of helps you out in the, in the whole area that you're talking about hurts and everything. Yeah. Because um, that's that's great. And, you know, someone out there might, you know, use the same tips, you know, might have gone through the same exact reconstructive surgery or, and they're not too sure. Like, well, I don't know if I should use a topical or a solve or what's going to help me. So, you know, yeah. and, and everyone's different. You know, this is what helps her. Um, it could be different for any of you out there. So, um, yeah, that that's that's great that you found relief with cannabis too, especially at the end where you are now. Yes. And you know, you are a cannabis user, obviously. So do you smoke flowers still or you just kind of just do the salves and the, and the rubs? Um, I do from time to time, yeah. but the, the sal salves and the rubs yeah. are my favorite. Cause it's, it's okay to do yeah. it for fun here. <laughs> That's totally to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do it like the other day where, when we met, we had, um, uh, we met over at uh, Grounded, we had some coffee, actually I chai tea. Uh, we had some coffee and chai tea. And um, I could tell when she was talking about cannabis, she'd kind of be like, yeah, so, you know, like a little whisper. And it was really funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's from a legal state. <laughs> Over here shouting about it. I was like, oh, yeah, cannabis this. And <laughs> like, your voice. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, people are going to know. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's great to, to have someone as passionate um, as you here. 
especially being in the industry yes. um, and being so willing to share because some people just don't share their story. Yeah. Um, and some people are in the industry with the same thing. So maybe more people will come out and tell their story more and we can get more of a support group going. I probably um, overshare sometimes. It's okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's a big, no big deal. I mean, when it comes to medical stuff and stuff like this, I mean, I kind of feel yeah. the more, the better, <laughs> you know, it's not like you took a shirt off. <laughs> this is where my scar is guys. No, I did about a year ago. I did a, a, uh, oh, the body paint model. Okay. For, a, for that same charity organization okay. for, for Jen. So you went back. Oh, um, yeah. So I went, I went back, like, cause it was, you know, we, she had just passed, we wanted to do something really big. Yeah. And so I was one of, uh, six, I think. Six. Yeah. yeah. I was one of six body paint models. And so we were like at this gala and there was like 500 people in the room yeah. and we just came out with our body paint on and walked through the whole room. Like it was, this was a lot less scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I told you. Yeah. You know, she was, she was telling me you know, a little bit about that story, but you know, she shared a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I told her, I was like, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing close. Um, you know, uh, we'll have a nipple conversation or two, but that's about it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I appreciate you sharing, you know, all this great information, all of this personal information too. You know, yeah. it, it was, it, it took a lot. Um, for you to, to just come out and, you know, be this vulnerable and share. And I thank you so much. And, you know, you did a great job. Thank so you. thank you. Yeah. But that, that's all we have for topics today for this week, guys. And, you know, this ends the breast cancer awareness um, episode of Ash Chad Grassy Logic. First one ever, ever. Feel um, first. Yes. Yeah. First. Yeah. First. <laughs> <Feel> first. <laughs> I, I, like, I love that one. That's funny. Yeah. I don't have a pink shirt. I guess I should probably fix that at some point. Um, but maybe next year I'll have a pink shirt or sometime other on this episodes because I have like two or three episodes left. Before you can borrow this season. one if you do another episode next year. I don't want to rip it. Uh, <laughs> a fat man in a little coat situation. <laughs> so um, I do have two things before I get off on this um, um, special episode that we had today. Um, two, uh, two announcements. One is this week, Friday, Dark Matter is going to have their grand opening in Albuquerque. I will be there along with the as, well as the Cruces Craft guys. Um, if you're going to be up there, come say what's up. Um, should be a good time. Uh, as you guys know, Dark Matter is actually from Oregon. They have some spots around the state, Sunland Park being one of the most popular ones, and here in Cruces being top crop. So now they're reaching up to Albuquerque, kind of doing what Cinder's doing, but backwards. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem like cool people, so I'll have to meet them someday. Um, also, the CCD or the Cannabis Control Division is also hiring an attorney. If you're an attorney, you're out of work, you're looking for work. You might find a good job over at the CCD. And if you love cannabis and you're an advocate and you're also an attorney, I would highly recommend you doing this so that way we get good rules and, you know, we're not getting stupid stuff in the state. So um, that's the reason why I'm talking about this because I hope somebody that's good gets that position. So <laughs> it only helps us out in the long run. Anyway, thank you again, Mercedes, for, you know, joining me today. Thanks for um, having me. Of course, you know, it was, it was a great episode. Thank you for bringing that idea to me. You know, I was kind of wondering, I was like, well, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I was like, I'm, you know, I don't have boobs. And, you know, like, it's so you just came up at a perfect time. And I was like, yes, that's perfect. Maybe it was so, meant to be. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was meant to be. So thank you all again for watching um, this episode, this special episode. Um, I'll be back again next week. And again, for don't forget, at the end of this month, end of season one, we'll be back in January with season two. All right. See you guys next week. Shoots.